of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. It's Panhandle Sports Live. Crossover, step back! Where the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia comes to get their sports live. Is this the Tiger? It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Agent back to pass. Rush down the pocket. Throwing it downfield. It's into the end zone. Oh, caught it! Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner, Luke Wiggs, and Parker Stone. It is Friday the 10th, and you're tuned in to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths. Since 1995, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths have delivered distinguished remodeling services to our home community of Martinsburg. From new construction or remodeling, Mountaineer Kitchens and Baths can design your new kitchen or bath. Their talented designers can bring to life any concept you'd like to create. So check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Nice Warner alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Good morning, fellas. Good morning. Don't forget, you can always get in touch with us on our text line, 304-263-4321, or you can tweet at us at EP Sports Network. But uh, how are we feeling on a Friday? Feeling good. Feeling good. It's a Friday. Everything's good. Sadly, the uh, Mountaineers couldn't pull it out last night. It was just Kansas is just a buzzsaw again. I think they're just the uh, number one best team in the nation right now, the way they're playing. But fun night of action, and we were on the uh, – tips of our toes listening to that spring mills wheeling park game last night it ended up being a fun one we thought it was going to be in an an alternate universe that's the state championship game going on and it it came in as advertised it was a really good game between these two teams and sadly it didn't go the cardinals way well before we get into uh, our conversation about that spring mills wheeling park 59 to 51 win for wheeling park let's listen back to some of the highlights and post-game interview from last night's coverage an exclusive presentation of the Metro News Radio Network in partnership with the West Virginia Secondary School Activities Commission. Tournament time where anything is possible. The madness of March has hit the Charleston Coliseum where earlier today in Class AAA, the six and seven seeds both pulled upsets. Now that it has the five-seed Spring Mills thinking, why not us tonight against top-seeded Wheeling Park? The Cardinals already own a minor upset over the four-seed Cavill Midland, and the Cards are hoping to ride the madness to the school's first state title appearance. Now, Wheeling Park, along with Morgantown, has been penciled into the state championship game all season, and it's understandable why. The Patriots are loaded with talent and feature the newly minted Player of the Year award winner in Alexis Portis. Park has been at the peak of girls basketball all season long, but this magical season won't be complete without a Saturday morning state title game appearance. Morgantown has already done their part to change the pencil to pen. Now Park must avoid the rash of upsets by knocking off a pesky pack of Cardinals. The quad A semifinals continue as number one Wheeling Park faces number five Spring Mills. Ragonetzel pops, takes it right wing, kicks it over to Coronetzel. That's a line drive three over top of Bordis it's in. Into the game. That's Boulder. She's in. Here's a corner jumper. Three. Good for Corin Etzel. Danders dribbles through her legs. Right side wing. Well, jump pass inside to Reagan. Etzel cut into the basket. And the Etzels have combined for 10. It's 10 to 2. 10-4. Lead pass Griffin. Open three. Got it. Boy, they moved the ball well before that time, Travis. Three passes, no dribbles. Danders got an easy rebound. 
She'll pull up. Quick release. Good for three right down the middle. Dandridge into the front court. Slows up. 2.42 to play third quarter. Crosses over. Working on Heller. She's got three fouls. She floats it up and scores it. Heller fell down. See if the Cardinals can take the lead back. Hands it off to Cornetzel. She'll take a three. She hit it. Park leads 50-44. to 44. Dandridge comes back. They needed a bucket, and the sophomore delivers. 59-51 the final score. First loss of the season for Spring Mills. Here are the postgame thoughts of George Gosk, Reagan and Corin Edsel, and Kyla Dandridge. Extremely, ex- uh, extremely proud of these young ladies. Uh, what a team, what a season. Obviously, uh, you know, we came up a little short. Would love to be there Saturday, uh, but it didn't happen for us. Um, but you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, sell out our season. What a, what a heck of a season! You know, 21 and one. Somebody had to lose that game, obviously. You know, we had a, we had a, a, a decent lead, and you know, shots didn't fall in the second half. They hit a bunch in the second half, and you know, it's the tale of two halves, and that's basketball. Coach, um, to me, it looked like rebounding kind of um, faltered in the second half as well. Would you agree? Yeah, I definitely thought the ball bounced their way a good bit in the second half, uh, and and most of those uh, rebounds came for kickouts for open threes, and Wheeling Park was able to knock them down. For your freshman to get 17 rebounds, um, I don't know how many you had in the first half, Reagan, um, and 12 points and you know five blocks. Just what do you what do you think about? She's a monster. Um, I mean, uh, you know, all these young ladies are tough, and, and, you know, Reagan was all over the glass tonight. And, uh, you know, I told him after all these young ladies after the game, everybody laid it on the line tonight, you know, from top to bottom. As a co- as coaches and as a staff, you just you can't ask for, you know, any more from your kids, and, and they did their jobs tonight. Kyle, what's your, I'm sorry, Reagan, what's your uh, thoughts on your performance? Uh, I think it's just a mentality. I went into the game knowing, like, I'm not the greatest scorer that we have. We have everybody else. We have multiple players that can do that for us. And so I just got to do my job. And I think I'm fine with how I did. Basketball is funny because sometimes it's the tale of two halves, right? You know, we, we wanted to go out and, you know, be able to, um, you know, come out and perform like we did in the first half. And, and obviously that didn't happen for us. You know, for us, even though you're up by so much against a, a team like that, you want to come into the second half thinking that it's a tie game, okay? And and so, you know, you can keep performing where you're at. Um, you know, I thought our our kids did the best they could in the second half, and and you know sometimes the ball didn't bounce our way. And, and like I said, Wheeling Park converted on those. Can you kind of just take us through your game plan and defending Cordis? I think she missed her first six or seven shots, but on the flip side, you can't contest every shot and Woods obviously made a lot and was a big reason they were kind of able to stay within Yeah, no doubt. So the game plan against Bordis, her name was Corinne Edsel and uh, she did a tremendous job defending her most of the game and and also Kyla Danridge, you know, had to step in on her um, you know, a little bit in the second half because, you know, we're humans and sometimes we get tired out. Uh, and so, you know, the combination of defenders on her and, and just knowing what type of uh, player um, that lady from Wheeling Park is, um, you know, we knew what we were going to have to bring to the table to be able to defend her. And I thought we did a tremendous job on her. For the girls after a win over Cabell Midland in the, in the first round, how do you put into words what, what this season and this tournament uh, has meant to you guys this year? Uh, I think it's been a great season. Overall, we've we've all done the best that we could. We've played our best team basketball, and it's just the outcome we didn't get today. We'll keep pushing. Yeah, and we were the five seed, and I think, 
I mean, even getting that close to the number one seed is just something we have to be so proud of. Kyle, you're sophomore, right? Yeah. Have you ever played against Lala or Alexis, like AAU or anything? Uh, I've played with Lala before. What was it like competing with them? I mean, that's you know kind of special to have three sophomores, three of the better players, you know, in this college state. Um, it's a great experience knowing that they're that they know the game of basketball and they know how to play it. So, like, playing against them also helps because it makes you a better player. I think we really just got to put in the work over the summer. We'll get back here. Don't doubt it. Coach, I'm just curious. Do you think there's like anything to I guess like this being kind of a step-by-step -step process. And looking at Park last year, they won against nothing Jefferson in the first round, then lost to Morgantown. Now that you, know, you guys got that one step, and I know it's obviously not the ending you wanted, but is it? Is there some truth to that? Maybe that like yeah, you endure those kind of growing pains down here and go through that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, you know, we've, this is our fifth time being here, and um, you know, going over for four. You know, the first four times we were here in the first round. Um, I'll never forget when we uh, had to play Buckhannon Upshire when they were loaded, and uh, you know the one girl set a steals record against us. Um, and so you know we've taken our, I've taken my licks here before, um, and so to be able to get here and, and you know convert to the next step of winning that first game, that's huge for our program. Um, you know in the Eastern Panhandle, I think Hedgesville back in the early 2000s was the last team from the Eastern Panhandle to win a game here at the state tournament, um, and so you know. We essentially we made some history back home, um, the first 4A team from our section to do it in a long time, and so uh, you know it is a step-by-step -step process. And I, you know, getting here next year, um, you know, we we want to look to take that step further and play in that championship game on Saturday. Well, it was a special season for the Spring Mills Cardinals girls basketball team, but unfortunately it comes to the end uh, by the hands of Wheeling Park, 59 to 51. Your point totals. Four Spring Mills, uh, Dandrick, or Dandridge with 16, Griffin with four, uh, the Etzel sisters with 12 and 11, and then McIntyre finishes things up with two. Um, it was a hard-fought game uh, for these two teams, man. I don't think Wheeling Park was expecting to have this kind of a, a fight put up against them by Spring Mills because I still think the state didn't necessarily respect them as much as they needed to. But it ends up working out the way of Wheeling Park, and, I mean, they're one of, if not the best team in the state, and, you know, it came out the way it did. Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, one of the things that uh, one of those factors you can't control is Olivia Bolduc is sick in this game. You know, we heard about it in pregame. She wasn't going to play. Then she showed up. She wasn't going to start. You know, then we wondered how much she was going to end up playing, and she ended up playing 20 minutes in this game. She only shoots one of eight from the field, and you have to assume that the illness was part of that. You know, she's at 100%. Does that change the, the outcome of this game? Maybe, because I think the biggest thing that got Spring Mills in the second half uh, was just tired legs. You know, they were a team that goes seven deep with Bulldog at about, uh, who, just to speculate, say 60%. That brings them down to six and a half. You know, and then you throw just a little bit of foul trouble into that because McIntyre and Edsel both got into foul trouble. You know, that shortens your rotation even more. And you can see tired legs clearly if you look at the shooting percentages. Spring Mills shoots 35% from the field, 40% from three, and 92% from the free throw line in the first half. They shoot 12 free throws. In the second half, they shoot 27% from the three uh, from the field, 14% from three, and only get to the free throw line four times. I mean, they were just absolutely mm -hmm. out of gas. And it doesn't help that you know Alexis Bordas is the best player in the state for a reason. They The game plan they had against her in the first half was immaculate, and that game plan was Corn Edsel. And that's what Coach said in the postgame. 
They hold her to one of nine shooting for four points, but she pops off for 16 in the second half. And La La Woods, people like to say it's a Batman and Robin thing. Well, it's a Batman and Batman thing with those two. I mean, they're both really, really good, and they're both coming back. Um, so I, I think it's clear what kind of went wrong for Spring Mills in this game, but I think we would have chalked it off as a bad thing if this team would have lost in the first round. They would have been 0-5 in the first round and never would have been able to get the monkey off their back, but they win that first game. They take that first step. They have everybody coming back, and I think they garnered the respect that they needed by beating a very good Capital Midland team and going toe-to-toe with the team that's probably going to win the state championship game in a different world. I mean, you blew a 19-point lead here. That stinks, but in a different world, you win this game, you're playing for a state championship against Morgantown, so hopefully... Hopefully, people remember that next season when Spring Mills returns the majority of their core and try to run it back. Yeah, I mean, they didn't win the state championship, but I definitely think it was a successful trip downstate. No, definitely so. And I think this performance for Spring Mills is finally going to give them the level of respect we think they deserved throughout the season. You go and beat a Cabell Midland team who a lot of people were saying, hey, this is a sneaky underdog team before the tournament. It was Cabell Midland. They go in, handle them. And you go toe-to-toe, and it looks like, for at least for the first half, you're going to lay it on the number one team in the state. And it's, things don't go their way in the second half. Alexis Bordas shows up in middle of quarter number three, shows why she is the best player in the state. And Luke mentioned it. It is a Batman and Batman type of thing. Lala Woods got hers as well. She went for 20-plus points. It, that's a tough team in Wheeling Park. They are the best team, I think, in the state. I think right now it's it, I think it's going to be a tall task for Morgantown to go against them in the state championship game this Saturday, which you also you can hear on Metro News tomorrow. And it's, it's a tough draw, and it really was. But the fact that they fought and hung with that team, who we think is the best team in the entire state all the way to the end, is impressive. And it, they showed, I think Spring Mills is a top-four team in the state, and you can say that, and I think you can confidently say that now when they return – pretty much their entire roster for next year, too. It's going to be fun if we could see a rematch of this next year in the state tournament, too, which I think would be fantastic, hopefully for the championship game instead of the state semifinals. But, again, you can't knock anything Spring Mills did this season with a loss. I know it hurts when you blow a 19-point lead against the number one seed in the tournament, but what a fantastic season. This is this is one that's going to go down in the panhandle for a long, long time. And hats off to Coach Goss, hats off to the team. Great performance this season. And unfortunately, they uh, choose a inopportune time to uh, get their first loss of the season because their season ends 59-51 to to the hands of Wheeling Park down in Charleston. Now, you might be wondering, hey, why haven't we heard anything from Coach Kelly Church? Well, unfortunately, he had to reschedule today, feeling a little bit under the weather seems to be the theme um, when your weather is what? 75 degrees one day, then yeah. 12 the Flurrying next. Outside and then, today. Yeah, I hope everybody out there is fine in the snowstorm that we are currently experiencing. Well, you'd right? rather, I mean, you know, we saw what happened with Bulldog. You'd rather get sick now than get sick next That's Tuesday. Right. Very so true. Hopefully, That's right. Uh, hopefully, whatever it is, the team can work through it. I'm not saying the team's sick, not speculating. Right. Uh, hopefully, whatever it is, Kelly can work through it and we'll uh, link up with him soon. But we still, we, we will be still catching up with Jefferson head coach Richard Lewis at the bottom of the hour. So we'll step aside a few minutes. We'll come back. We'll talk Jefferson basketball and then we'll be able to catch up with Coach Lewis here on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchen to Bat. Check them out at mountaineerkitchentobat.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Ice Warner alongside with Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. You can get in touch with us. Text us 304-263-4321. I want to know how far you think 
the Cougars got uh, for their chances down in Charleston. Now, of course, uh, they had the three-peat getting down there, first time in school history, but their first game is going to be on Tuesday against George Washington. Like we were talking during the break, I mean, they beat a good Spring Mills team, of course, to get to this point with that 66-42 to win, but GW is a completely different animal. Yeah, and GW is so big you know we were talking about that during the break Noah Lewis is kind of the future of that program he's a six foot six kid that could step out and hit shots he reminds people a lot of Ben Nickel who's also on that team the senior is going to be playing college basketball somewhere he's the guy that hit two years ago that shot to win the state championship game against Morgantown High Brendan Hoffman in there is the, that Charleston Conference player of the year so they present some problems that um uh Jefferson is not really well equipped for. They don't really have a lot of size. So they'll start Will Shively and Wyatt Shively. They're 6'2", 6'3". Chet Gore will come off the bench at 6'5". So this seems to me to be a kind of game that is going to be decided from a Jefferson standpoint by ball pressure because you need to deny inbounds passes and just by being able to score. I know that's an obvious thing to say, but Jefferson's going to have to win these games in the 70s. You know, they're not going to be able to, you know, win a defensive slugfest. They're not as good defensively as they were a season ago. If they can go down there and hit their shots, it was funny when you talked to Coach Lewis, he mentioned the girls' games. He said, I watched Washington, I watched Spring Mills, and they both shot less than 30% from the field. We need to figure out how to shoot down there. If anybody's going to do it, it's the team that's been there three years in a row, and that's what Jefferson's going to have to do to succeed. I think so, too. And we talked when Jefferson got that win about, is this a dynasty forming over in Shenandoah Junction? I think I don't think we can slap that on just yet unless they can show they can win a game at the state tournament level. Can they get to that level and move past round one? It's a tall task against GW. They're a really good team. They're the number two seed in the tournament for a reason. It's got to be an all-out performance. We saw the zone defense that the Cougars brought out in half number two against Spring Mills really caused the Cardinals all sorts of problems. There was a possession where Spring Mills, I think, was just swinging the ball around the three-point line for over a full minute. They eventually got a shot, but it took a full minute for them to find one. It's going to be that type of defense, and we've mentioned on the show, too, defense will travel to Charleston. You can talk about the shooting troubles as much as you want. But if you got good defense down that way, it's going to it's gonna go all the way throughout this tournament. If they have a good defensive performance, and really it's the size is going to be the X factor here. Can they get over the size of GW and shoot the basketball? If they're able to hit, Jefferson can hang with, hang with any team in this tournament. If they can't, well, it's going to sadly be another one-and-done scenario for Jefferson. So how much pressure do you think is on, um, well, the Shively brothers, but especially Will Shively? I mean, he's been down there three times now in his career, which I mean, hardly ever happens for a lot of high school for a majority of high school kids. So he's got the experience, but I mean, he's had a lot of pressure and a lot of the team on his shoulders for a lot of the years. So how do you think he's going to be able to handle it down there? I think he will. He's somebody that started as a freshman, played a lot of basketball. It's going to be an emotional game. I'm sure because I mean, that's the end of your high school career before he goes over and plays college ball at hood. But you know, I think he knows that he needs to be a composed leader and hits some shots that can make this team successful. You know, there's times I've seen them play this year. The best I've seen Jefferson play, ironically, was early in the season when they played university. And it was all because he had an unbelievable shooting performance in the first quarter. And they just got built this huge lead against university and defended it for the rest of the game. We've seen them lose in games that he does not play well. So it's very clear that he's the player that if he does well, this team will succeed because Jenkins is their most talented player, in my opinion, and he's going to get his no matter what. Gladney is their most athletic player, in my opinion, and he's going to get his no matter what. You know, Shively's had some games where he goes for 25. He's had some games where he goes for five. 
So it, it's about capturing the right kind of performance. He played very well in the Spring Mills regional final, and I believe when you saw him in the sectional final, he played pretty well too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's clear that he's the guy that propels that team the most, and his brother's ability to rebound on the offensive glass. You know, anytime you can get a free possession for a team that scores the ball so well, uh, it makes them even better. So, I mean, there's a clear blueprint. That's the thing. I mean, I, I think the Hedgesville matchup against Parkersburg South is a little bit more favorable for them to pull up an upset than Jefferson and GW. But for both teams, there's a really clear blueprint as to what they need to do to win a game. Well, let me ask you this quick, because Parker kind of said it, said it offhand earlier this morning. It seems like these Panhandle teams historically just have not been able to shoot well once they get down to Charleston. Now, that has not necessarily been the case quite yet in this uh, addition to the tournament, but talk about Will Shively. The only reason they're really in that university games because he got off to a good start shooting. But in recent games, he hasn't gotten off to good start shooting, and they've had to work a little bit harder than they've needed to or wanted to to get those points until he works himself in. And as we all know, once you get to Charleston, you don't have nearly as much time to work into a rhythm uh, than you would in the regular season. So. I don't know. Do you think the the old adage is potentially holding true, is holding true, could hold true that Panhandle teams just can't shoot once they get downstate? Well, it's something that you hear the excuse a lot, and I get from a player perspective, you're going from playing to a high school gym where you see all around this area, all throughout the Panhandle and through the EPAC, and then you go to the state tournament, you're in an arena setting, and it's a bigger spot. Are the lights too bright? I think that might be the better question than mm-hmm. if we can't shoot in the gym. Is the lights too bright for the Panhandle teams? And I don't think it is. I think it's just getting adjusted to it again. Out of all the teams that are going to the state tournament, it's probably the longest drive is for all these Eastern Panhandle teams going down that way. So you take a long trip. You got to get adjusted to the area, adjusted to your scenario, and you got to really hone in. And it's one of those things where you got to find the right pieces and find the right, I guess, mojo coming in because if you go in and you just get overwhelmed by the arena you've already lost the game you can't let that be a factor and when you're playing in a contest but I think the shooting perspective I think it might be a little bit overrated from Mm -hmm. people saying that Mm -hmm. I understand there's a difference between shooting in your gym and shooting in a bigger arena like the Coliseum over in Charleston but after a while, it's you got You can't let it be a hunch as to oh, we couldn't shoot in the gym. The gym is a hard thing. If you want to get anywhere in the state tournament, you got to get over that hump. And I'm hoping these teams do for the boys' sake. And uh, you alluded to it already. The schedule out for the state tournament. It's weird that it's not mirroring the girls' tournament. They're going to start the game with those quad A quarterfinals on Tuesday. Hmm. So Parkersburg South is going to play Hedgesville at 9:30 in the morning. It's the first game of the state tournament. Uh, and then Jefferson against GW will be two games after that at 1 p.m. again on Tuesday. Hey, well, I guess we'll see. And if you have any questions, we'll be catching up with Jefferson head coach Richard Lewis here in just a few minutes. Text us 304-263-4321, 304-263-4321. After the break, it's Jefferson's head coach Richard Lewis on Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Sports Live with Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Tweet the guys at EP Sports Network. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. Check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com. On Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. Jordan Icewater alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. And joining us on the line, Jefferson Head Basketball Coach Richard Lewis. Coach, how you doing? Good. How you guys doing today? I'm doing all right. Appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. Congratulations on making it not once, 
not twice, <laughs> but three straight years in a row, all the way down to Charleston. That's got to feel pretty special. Yeah, it does. It, it's um, really special, especially for the community um, and also the school, the administration, and, and most importantly, the, the players and the kids. Because for them to make history like that, um, they don't really understand when you're at age. Uh, I guess when they get our ages a little older, um, they'll kind of um, put it in perspective. But uh, they did something really special the other day. And it's really hard to get down to Charleston three years in a row. So if it was that easy, it would have been done. Um, Plenty times before, so really excited about that. Well, if you could uh, briefly kind of summarize the season that was, because I mean, we covered a lot of your games, a lot of the Panhandle games, and every Panhandle game this year, I mean, was a dogfight. So, do you think that the season that was had you battle tested enough for a good run through Charleston? Yeah, I mean, the EPAC is always tough. Um, every year since I've been at Jefferson, um, doesn't matter what your record is, when you go into EPAC play. Um, because everybody's so familiar with each other. Um, a lot of the coaches put a lot of time into um, knowing the other opponent. So every game is going to be tough. I and mean, you see some of the games this year, even Washington, um, look at their record, but they've hung tough with a lot of teams, uh, especially the second time around when they played them. So every game's been tough in the EPAC. And then when you add your schedule um, with the you know outside um, opponent, whether it be from Maryland or the other end of the state, it just makes it even tougher um, on you. So you got to weather the storm um, in conference play. But I think overall for us, it, it prepares you for what you're going to see next week. And, Coach, that schedule included four of the other eight teams that are in the state tournament bracket for Quad A. Was that kind of by design, putting those teams on the schedule, knowing you'd have a chance to match up with them like GW, which you're matching up with in the first round? It, it, it actually wasn't exactly by design because <laughs> – I had talked to Coach Tomlin um, maybe like two, a year and a half ago, 2021, and we were trying to talk about getting either home and home or just coming, just playing, period, Morningtown. And it kind of fell on the same uh, the same time we went to Charleston because Charleston, the Palmer Classic, you got to get in two years in advance. Mm -hmm. So when I got in the Palmer Classic, it was 2021. So it kind of just kind of came full circle like that. It wasn't really exactly by design. Um, but it's, 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 to me, it's good to play on um, teams that you're going to see in the state tournament. Um, it's tougher logistically uh, for us, though, during the season. So that's one thing I learned this year. It's a little tougher playing that many teams um, on the road from a logistics standpoint. But overall, I think the experience is helpful. Well, Coach, speaking about going on the road, there are some unique geographical uh, restrictions, I guess, with being a team from a panhandle and going to Charleston. I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts as to how you're going to handle it as somebody with experience now because you go down to Parkersburg on Sunday and you handle that event with the SSAC. You know, Do you come back, link up with the team, and go down? And uh, that, obviously, Parkersburg trip kind of takes up a whole Sunday. What What's the practice schedule look like? Uh, having to deal with all the requirements of getting ready for the state tournament uh, from a uh, administration standpoint, but also trying to get the team ready in practice. Yeah, we, we had a, a light practice yesterday, film film session. Um, met as the staff, as coaches, um, went over kind of how we want to, you know, um, like a pre preview of GW. But today, kind of threw a monkey wrench and everything with school being canceled. So um, not being able to practice today kind of hurts. Um, kind of throws us off a little bit because we had, you know, two and a half hour practice plan with no session today. Um, we're going to practice separate tomorrow morning. Um, so hopefully that helps us a little bit with being um, acclimated to, you know, arena-type format. 
um, with the uh, Hydra ribs and, you know, the backdrop. And having a full practice at Shepard, I think, will help us and then get another practice, hopefully at another college arena on Monday. Um, Not exactly sure yet um, if we're going to practice when we get down there somewhere or on the way up like we did last year at Fremont State. But that's kind of how the next, you know, couple of days look. Um, I do have to go to Parkersburg on Sunday, um, which, you know, I I, I actually enjoy that ride because, you know, that means we made a state tournament. Mm So, um, I'll definitely be coming back, and then we'll be catching the bus on, on Monday morning um, pretty early. And, Coach, you mentioned playing in that Parmar Classic over in Charleston. You faced off against GW in that second matchup. It didn't go your way, but that loss kind of kicked off what turned into a really strong second-half stretch for you. You've, you're coming into the state tournament. You've won six out of your last seven games. How different of a team do you think you are from that February 7th loss to GW to right now? A lot different. I think when uh, I said it the other day, when you when you go on the road um, and play, especially any any level, whether it be NBA, um, college, you could met West Virginia. Their Big Twelve um, road schedule, road record is brutal. Um, so when you go on the on the road, especially playing back to back at any level, it's tough to get a win. Um, and we were we had one four in a row going into that point when we played South Charleston DW. So you, you you're playing the top top four teams in the state um and then one you're playing them on a back-to-back so you got a quick turnaround and a little prep time to prepare for the number two team in the state and you, you drove up the day before because on sunday you can't travel so it's one of the day it's one of those things you, you got to just take it for what it's worth um look at the film see how we can get better um overall um i know that's not who we are as a team especially the first quarter being down 23 to 4 but it happened. Um, we got to take it and learn from it. And I think since that point, we've learned um, some things from it. But I think uh, overall, I'm, I don't I don't put a lot of stock into you know that, that whole that whole game um, because I think I've been around basketball long enough where you you know if you don't play well one night, um, the next night you definitely can come back and play better or the next week. So uh, we're looking forward to this Tuesday and getting after them on Tuesday night on Tuesday um, afternoon. We're speaking with Jefferson head basketball coach Richard Lewis. It's interesting you said that you're going to practice at Shepherd. Also, you being a Shepherd alumni, it's got to be nice to get back to the Butcher Center. But we were talking right before we uh, got on the phone with you about there's always been that narrative that panhandle teams, they can't shoot once they get down to Charleston. A lot of it, uh, they say, is because of shooting going from the gyms around here down to uh, you know the big arena in Charleston. So, I mean, is it is it really that big of a deal? It depends. <laughs> um, I played. I played in the Civic Center a separate uh, thing. I want to say three or four times, um, and I I never actually thought about it. Um, but I will say, you know, when I played in high school, we played in arenas like that. So I had played there before. Um, if 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 you want to if you want to say you never played down there before, and and the first time, yeah. But if you've been down there a couple times, you should you should be pretty pretty acclimated to it. Because um, at the end of the day, the rims the same height, mm-hmm. um, the basketball the same size. I think it's just a mental thing. We just got to, from a confidence standpoint, we just got to lock in. Um, when we get there early, you don't get to shoot around. So that's one thing that's different. Um, you don't get to go in in the morning or the night before and shoot around the Coliseum and get and, and get on there. So you just got to go in there with a mindset. I'm going to shoot um, really well. Want to play well. Um, lock in for 32 minutes. But I don't think, you know, it, it all depends on who it is and 
how, how your mindset is, I think. But overall, like I said, when I played, I didn't have any problems shooting down there. So it's just one of those things you got to get over. Um, but I will tell you this. <laughs> last year, we were averaging about 73 points a game. And every game I watched on Wednesday, when we were there, all the games was in the 20s and 30s. Hmm. And I couldn't hmm. figure it out myself. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the next day, we played um, – we played – I'm sorry, it was a year before when we played at GW. Um, then we played GW, and the score was like 20-something to 20-something at halftime, and I was like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. Like, it's, just, it's just something about that um, atmosphere, I think. I think, in me, honestly, I think it's more of the lights, um, the TV timeouts. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about a lot of stoppage in play. We're a fast-paced team. Uh, we get up and down. And it's and that whole atmosphere just slows us down, period. So I learned that over the last couple of years that we gotta be more prepared to grind it a little bit more when we go down there and take a little you know, I'm not saying slow it down, but we gotta be patient and really get some good shots. Cause I think that's the key to shooting. Um when you're rushing a bunch of shots like we did at the Palmar Classic and we go we start off over, you know, thirteen mm-hmm. against South Charleston and one for fourteen against GW. That, I don't care who you are. You're not going to win. <laughs> so uh, we just got to do, do a better job um, as a coaching staff, getting our guys prepared um, to play a better brand of basketball and shoot the ball pretty well. And we're speaking with Jefferson basketball head, head coach Richard Lewis. Coach, appreciate you taking some time to chat with us. I'm sure you're already deep into game prep uh, for your third straight appearance down at the state tournament in Charleston. And we're looking forward to see how you play. So, Coach, thank you again for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. And that's Jefferson head basketball coach Richard Lewis joining us here on Panhandle Sports Live. He always has great words to say. And I think, I mean, I think this team's, I think they're ready for a big a big run. Yeah, I think I, I loved a lot of the answers to that question. Number one, like you said, they're going to Shepherd. They're going to try maybe Fairmont State somewhere else, mm-hmm. shooting in an arena just to kind of get used to that backdrop. Um, and, you know, number two, he talked about that GW game is not indicative of what this matchup will be, and I agree, because it's a different Jefferson team, different circumstances the second time around. As uh, Parker can attest to, you know, uh, Ty Vickers is somebody that had two pretty good performances in the, in the playoffs who was not even a factor at the beginning of the season, really good shooter kylan johnson's a much better basketball player now than he was the first game of the year isaiah fritch moses tally didn't even play at the beginning right. of the season and if i'm correct this is their first year playing basketball mm-hmm. so on on jefferson's team so these are all these new factors into the mix to accent two 15 point per game scores and gladney and jenkins and one of the best pure shooters in the state and will shively and wyatt shively is an animal offensive rebounder oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and tayshawn roper is a very good athletic on ball defender so it's a more dynamic jefferson team that played gw the first time and they're not getting them off of back-to-back and they're both playing in a neutral side i understand gw it's kind of a home game but still it's going to be a very different matchup this time around and i i, I really applaud uh the confidence from coach going into this game because i expect it to be a great game i do too i think if you come into this contest you, I think this is a different Jefferson team from when they lost to GW the final score of that one was 79 to 54 it was on February the 7th and you look at it and you say well it was a little a little over a month ago at this point what's the main difference I think just the confidence is there with this team a whole lot more what do they do after losing to GW they go and lay an absolute whooping 
on Washington, 90-52. to 52. That's, that's the type of statement you want to have when you come off of a loss like that. You get a big win over Musselman, who was a game out of going to the state tournament themselves. You beat them in one of your final regular season games, 82-51. to 51. And then you dominated them again in sectional play. And then you go and really lay it on Spring Mills. You beat them by 20-plus points. These are the type of performances. And I think this is where the confidence has been the highest for this Jefferson team all season long. If they keep this confidence together, guys like Jamari Jenkins, guys like Ty Vickers off the bench, the Shively brothers, if they're able to rally this together, it's going to be a really competitive game against GW, I think, for round two. Well, appreciate Coach Lewis chatting with us this morning here on Panhandle Sports Live. If you missed any of that conversation, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. But we'll step aside one final time. We'll come back. We'll get Parker's picks. We'll wrap things up on this Friday edition of Panhandle Sports Live on WPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Sports Live, your home for sports in the Panhandle. Here's Jordan, Luke, and Parker. Welcome back to Panhandle Sports Live, brought to you by Mountaineer Kitchens and Bath. You can check them out at mountaineerkitchensandbath.com on Facebook or visit their showroom at 967 Hedgesville Road in Martinsburg. I'm Jordan Ice Warner, alongside me, Luke Wiggs and Parker Stone. Yeah, well, that's called beginner's luck. Luck, 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 luck. Yeah, I like to call this my lock of the day. Prove it, it's never fails. Never failed once. All right, two for three run yesterday. We were able to hit yesterday's lock of the day. It was Duke knocking out Pitt in the ACC tournament soundedly as well. 96-69, to the final in that one. Good. Blue Devils keep on going. Hopefully knocks Pitt down a perch a little bit. After talking they all that, not smack. even make the tournament now. I hope they don't just to, just to hear all that going forward. But I think they're gonna like sneak in if anything. I have to check the latest projections. But Pitt loses to Duke. That takes care of yesterday's lock of the day. The under on points for UVA and North Carolina hit. It got a little close towards the end of the game though. The final score sixty eight to fifty nine favoring UVA. And what's probably going to end North Carolina season? I don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament. Guys, going from a preseason number one. And not even making the NCAA tournament, that's rough. That's a rough look for UNC uh, that first season of post-Roy Williams. And now for the thing that sunk us yesterday, sadly, was the Mountaineers and Kansas matchup. The overall points was unable to hit. Kansas did their part. They scored 78 points. West Virginia couldn't get going really in the first half. They only scored 23 and half number one. That final was 78-61. to 61 as the Mountaineers' Big 12 run will end, and we'll have to see where they end up on Selection Sunday. But going on for today, today's lock of the day, and I am going to hold – you guys know I carry a water bottle with me Oh, what are you about to do gonna, with this thing? I'm going to hold this thing like this. You know what this stands for? Point that right at the left. <laughs> yeah, is, it's not even his. This is this is the Sparty sword. We're riding with Sparty today. <laughs> Michigan State over Ohio State is today's lock of the day. I am love Sparty for this. They're one of the top four seeds in the Big Ten tournament right now. They have been rolling. They swept Ohio State in the regular season. They beat them a few days ago, 82-78. to 78. Beat them handily the first go-round. It's, it's a really good line, too. It's a minus 178 for the money line. I really like Michigan State over Ohio State today. Well, here's your random sporting fact of the day. Uh, as of just a few minutes ago, Michaela Schifrin won her 86th career American Michaela Schifrin won her 86th career Alpine Skiing World Cup event tying Igmar Stenmark's record wow. of 86 so wow. shout out to Michaela Schifrin um 
winning alpine skiing. That stuff is crazy, man. I don't know how they could do this. especially the downhill alpine skiing, which I'm assuming is what the event was. Yes, it's what the event was she was doing, where they're just going at like literally well, 40 miles an hour on a cliff. I watched that of ice. Uh, that movie. What's it called? Molly's Game about the skier and oh, running the, the the gambling stuff, and how it starts with her uh, crashing in one of those oh. events and just completely shattering yeah. her back. Yeah. Unbelievable. I'm way out on winter sports, man. Way <laughs> out. Yeah, hockey, too much. Get, hockey gets to stay. Everything else is probably not. Yeah, probably not. Uh, yeah, I just can't. I can't skate either. So maybe I'm just out on everything in the winter. And, our and by the way, it's snow. It's starting to snow out is there. It, now? So it was spitting snow for a second. Yeah, I'm, Thank I'm goodness they canceled school, guys. Come on. Yeah. There you go. There you go. For the bonus picks for today, I'm going to rock with Kansas over Iowa State just because Kansas just looks like by far and away the best team in the Big 12 right now. It's probably looking like it's going to be Kansas and looking like probably Texas for the Big 12 championship. That'll be a really fun game. The thing I will say about that, though, is Iowa State. They're hot right now. Well, they call it Hilton South, the Big 12 tournament, because yeah. it's only three hours away, and they dominate attendance of all these events. So it yeah. becomes an Iowa State home game. It's going to be tough. I think Kansas, just because of the – if they are able to beat West Virginia that soundly without yeah. Bill self-coaching, I think they're able to beat Iowa State as well. Also, I'm going with the fighting Rick Kozlowski's today, Marquette <laughs> over UConn in a really good matchup. If you're able to catch this one, it's going to be 630 tonight. Try and catch that one out. Biggie's basketball has been really fun this season. A lot of really good teams. Marquette, UConn, Creighton, Xavier. A lot of fun going on in the Big East right now. I like Marquette. They are plus 138. The spread is three and a half on this one. I like Marquette to beat UConn. These two teams split during the regular season. It's going to be a really fun matchup. I just like Marquette because they have really good matchups. They beat Baylor when they were a top 10 team. Really put themselves on the map. UConn's going to give them a really good matchup, though. This one could go either way. I like Marquette in this one. So today's lock of the day, we're going with Sparty over Ohio, St over Ohio State, Kansas over Iowa State, and then we're going with Marquette over UConn. But I like Toledo as well against Ohio as well. Don't sleep on the Rockets, guys. I think they're a team, if they're able to win the MAC, they could pull an upset off in the NCAA tournament. All right, there's Parker's picks. If you missed them, you can catch them over on Twitter at EP Sports Network a little bit later on today. But just a few minutes left here. Fellas, uh, any final thoughts? I did see where Bryce Harper said that uh, he's nowhere near close being ready to come back from that Tommy John surgery, no. which, shout out. And it, my nephew the other day told me that uh, his Little League team played for the Phillies, right, on his mm. Little League team in Hedgesville. And I asked him, I was like, oh, what number? He goes, three for Bryce Harper. <laughs> I was like, yikes. Rethink that like, one, oh, oh, brother. Rethink that one. Oh, boy. Uh, Carlos Rodon's going to start the year hurt as well for the Yankees, which is Ooh. a shame. I really like him a lot. I uh, wanted to give a really quick shout-out to Hampshire girls basketball. They almost pulled the 1-8 upset against North Marion yesterday. They did so with an interim coach, came down to the wire. Credit where credit is due. And, guys, we need good vibes today uh, because it is the Scottish Cup quarterfinal. <laughs> Kilmarnock against Inverness Caledonian Thistle today at 245. <laughs> say, say that three times fast. You got yeah. to. We got to have this one tonight, guys. Love it. Uh, Georgetown and Patrick Ewing have departed ways. It's the end of the Pat Ewing era over in Georgetown, and uh, they got to find a way to get Georgetown basketball back. It is atrocious right now. Also, it's a uh, we're setting our clocks forward. Yeah, Sunday on, on Sunday, guys. Oh, Did you not know forward. that? No. Oh. Sorry, to be, sorry to be the bearer of bad news. Oh. Ruin the weekend. Come which, on. Which one's better? The spring forward, fall back. falling, falling back's better just because you you wake up that morning you're like, oh my god. But you only get that once. You this might be the, the final time savings. though. Yeah, but you only get that once during the fall back. The uh, the one the that first morning like that is the first, only like, time you get that. It takes extra me about a week to get acclimated to the mm -hmm. time change. Well, goodness, such. we were in Denver for what four days. And <laughs> oh you my were, gosh, that you was were rough. messed up for a month. That after was that. rough. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, if you missed Aiden's show today, you can listen back to it a little bit later on on our Panhandle News Network Facebook and Spotify page. Real quick, let the folks know what uh, local basketball we got on the air. Uh, we've got the state tournament starting at 1, and then we'll have all the rest of the semifinals tonight. State championship games tomorrow for all four classes beginning at 10 a.m. All right. Well, for Parker, Luke, I'm Jordan. Y'all have a great weekend. We'll talk to y'all Monday. Panhandle Live is next. Have a good one. Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs, a WVRC media station. We're proud to live here too.